Good morning. This is the weekly wrap for Saturday, July 22nd. Well, probably the most important development of the week was the uh, Russia shutting down of the grain corridor coming for grain coming out of Ukraine. Uh, they did not renew the agreement. And so for the first time, they've actually uh, followed through on their promise to shut down that corridor. Uh, the response was somewhat bullish, but still relatively muted. Remember, Ukraine is the seventh largest exporter of wheat in the world and the fourth largest exporter of corn. And so uh, pretty surprising how muted the response is, considering that managed money, the speculators, are short corn and they're short wheat. Um, now, they, it, it probably signals to me that the market is still probably not believing the fact that Russia will keep the corridor shut. Uh, they, they probably are believing that at some point they're going to reopen if there are negotiations going forward and there are concessions given back to Russia uh, that the corridor might reopen. But the counter to that is if the corridor stays shut and as the weeks progress, if it stays shut down, Managed money has a very serious problem on their hands being short corn and wheat. So they're not giving in to covering that trade yet, uh, but it's possible over the next few weeks still that they may be forced to cover. So we'll keep an eye on that development. Uh, Ukraine has threatened to bomb any uh, ships of, of Russia that they think might be carrying munitions. And so there is, while the verbal sparring continues to escalate, uh, and, and stay high at very, uh, you know, pretty serious threats back and forth about bombing of ships in, in these port areas. That development, if something that were like that were to happen, you know, if for some reason Ukraine did bomb a Russian ship that carried grain, you would see wheat go limit up for several days in a row because that would be uh, uh, an escalation beyond, um, you know, what would be a normal understanding of, of the threat to supplies. And then, of course, with managed money short, they would be forced to cover. So we'll keep an eye on that development. In the United States, uh, inflation continues to uh, remain uh, under control and slowing. That is, you know, reinforcing the idea that the Federal Reserve will be forced to, after this next rate hike, stop and probably stall uh, for longer and, and, and reinforcing the idea by the market that this may be the last rate hike of the sequence. Uh, Europe and uh, Canada continue to suffer with stubbornly high inflation, so they've been forced to raise their rates uh, pretty aggressively. And what that's done it has leveled out the playing field. Remember, the United States led the charge uh, starting uh, a year and a half ago by raising rates uh, more aggressively than everybody else. That led to a lot of money <clears throat> flowing into the United States, a, a rally in the U.S. currency. But now over the last several months, Europe and Canada have offset that with some of their own aggressive rate hikes and have, as a consequence, leveled out the differential in the value of these currencies. So technically, the U.S. dollar confirmed a breakdown of support. We got through 100 um, and quite aggressively. And so now it looks like the dollar has technically broken and is probably headed lower. And we've talked before how supportive that is of U.S. exports and U.S. export demand. And so any commodity that's sensitive, that would start with cotton. We, um, you know, 80% of our cotton demand is export driven. For soybeans, it's about 40%, 50%. And then with um, corn, it's only about 15%. So those uh, commodities are hierarched uh, in, in, in response to their value by export. Uh, the U.S. dollar will have a far greater influence on cotton and soybeans going forward if for some reason that were to fall out. 
then you've got the Federal Reserve um, essentially, you know, raising rates one more time, and then it'll be important to see what their verbiage is after the report and what their signal might be going forward. Uh, but for now, the dollar has broken, and that should lead to uh, support for commodities. I think managed money is generally speaking offsides on this trade. They have been uh, very negative commodities, very negative equities during this whole rate hike cycle. Uh, we have not seen complete collapses in the commodity valuations, uh, and but they've been essentially on the sidelines. They have been very slow to come back into commodities. They're still short corn, wheat. Are just barely covering their shorts and crude oil right now. So I think they're very much still in disbelief about getting back into the commodity trade, even though the dollar has clearly fallen out. And so we're going to keep an eye on this development. I think with a strong stock market uh, and a strong economy, uh, I think the managed money will eventually be forced back into the commodity trade, uh, and, and that should help our valuations going forward. China announced uh, a stimulus package that they may be putting out to help uh, reliquify the consumer and get their domestic market uh, more, more healthy. And so that was announced earlier in the week. There were no specifics given on that, but a number of commodities did uh, bounce off their lows with that announcement. China is also suffering with horrendous weather, um, very extraordinary heat. Uh, in the cotton belt and in the corn area. And so it is suspected that the corn and cotton and grain crops will be far smaller in China going forward. Uh, India announced a banning of exports of rice. Uh, in, and so that has led to some major concerns globally about the availability of rice should be generally supportive of U.S. rice values going forward. Uh, China also announced a, uh, a release of quota uh, for 750,000 tons of cotton. It's been a long time since China has come into the world market to buy cotton. That is 3.3 million bales. And so it's interesting right now, they're releasing cotton from the state reserves, but also going back into the world market buying cotton. And so 3 million bales is no small amount. Uh, it was probably the news that helped lift cotton up into the back end of the mid 80s. And so the market has been talking for a while about poor demand, and that's why we have struggled around 80 cents for so long. But this is the first sign of some demand coming back in combination with a weaker dollar uh, should help support cotton. We did test 85 cents on the new crop contract, uh, but that's still a value that I don't really have any interest in using for pricing or hedging. Options uh, are pretty far out. They're still relatively expensive. Our target remains closer to 90 cents. We'll talk about more about that here in a minute. Um, the crop condition report came out on Monday, and for uh, cotton, it was down 3%, uh, with large hits taken in the Texas crop. Uh, the corn market was up two points on the crop condition rating, and the soybean crop ratings were up 4% uh, on the good to excellent category. So slight improvements in the grains, which we suspected with the rains that have hit the upper Midwest over the last two to three weeks. The problem going forward now is weather models have rolled over. They're turning hotter and drier for the next 10 days with temperatures in the hundreds now projected into Missouri, possibly Iowa, with little to no rain. So we're going to have to you know, keep an eye on this development. The only forecasts that are of any value are a week to 10 days out. Anything beyond that uh, generally has been very poor performance. 
So if we confirm the next week or 10 days where we are finishing up pollination of the crop in the upper Midwest, we, we could see additional stress on the crop and the possibility of ratings either stalling uh, or rolling over. <clears throat> so we'll keep an eye on that development here. And of course, if for some reason the models stay hotter and drier through the month of August, we'll have a whole new uh, grain market to deal with at that point. But literally, we'll just take this one week at a time. So we, from a technical standpoint, uh, we did see pretty big bounces in the corn market. We were up 23 cents on the week. Uh, for beans, we were up 31 cents on the week. Uh, for wheat, we were up 36 cents on the Chicago contract, 31 cents on the KC, and we are up 3.3 cents a pound on cotton. So pretty good week of recovery off these lows. Uh, again, for all these various reasons, I believe. Uh, the S&P made brand new highs this week, going all the way back to April of 2022. Uh, crude oil did break weekly resistance by a very small amount. So technically, crude oil had a breakout week. Uh, but again, it was such a small breakout, it's hard to confirm that it's uh, made, it's, you know, that's ready to make the big move. But fundamentally, and now technically, uh, I think crude oil is headed to $90 a barrel by the end of September and $100 a barrel by the end of this year. And so let's make sure we have uh, a good extension on our fuel coverage, at least through the end of the summer, more likely into the end of the year. I feel, uh, feel more comf comfortable now of having your fuel needs covered through the end of this year. So from a marketing perspective, we'll start with soybeans. We did hit our target at 14.27. Uh, we did immediately pull back, and that's what happens when you hit a technical, technically significant area. You hit it for a very short period of time, and you pull back uh, pretty dramatically. Again, reminding you of why it's so important to have your orders in and working uh, before we hit those targets, so uh, you don't have to sit and worry about it and, and time it. Uh, let the market do your work for you. Have those orders in and working but nonetheless, we hit our first target on November beans. We should be 30% marketed. Um, it looks like to me that we'll have a slight pullback and grinding of price action for a little while before we make our next move uh, and where resistance comes in at 14.95 on November beans. I think the market is still in shock in trying to deal with the scale of these acreage losses. Um, and they're comfortable with the USDA's estimate of 52 bushels. But if for some reason we stay hot and dry for the first couple of weeks of August, we're going to have to start talking about a yield closer to 50 bushels uh, or smaller, which will tighten the balance sheet even far more dramatically. So 14.95 remains our next target where we will get 50 to 60% sold and we will save uh, a small portion for um, you know, confirmation of the yield that we will get sometime after harvest or even shortly into early January. For corn, uh, we did make new lows after that government report. We did bounce pretty dramatically. The technical resistance area is 575 on December corn. I do think we go test that. And so if you're a little undersold, use that area uh, of resistance to sell a little bit, but ultimately I believe we get through that resistance area for a quick test of $6. So uh, I know we had orders working in that 62630 area the first time, and some of you missed that. So if you missed that first sale at 630, 620 to 630 area, the new area of resistance is $6. So have orders in and working between the 590 and $6 area, stay below $6, 
get that first 30% sold uh, and use that area of resistance. Um, but we're going to have to clear 575, which really isn't that far away. If we get a hot and dry forecast, uh, we could get through that 575 very quickly. But again, make sure you have your orders in and working. Get that first 30% sold. <clears throat> and then we're going to have to wait and see what the weather confirms. If it does stay hot and dry, we will break $6 and ultimately go reback and retest that 630. Where as a whole, I believe we will do some more marketing uh, as a whole, but we're going to have to wait and see uh, how the weather develops and technically how we go uh, from here forward. In Chicago wheat, we did hit that resistance area I talked about at 750. We immediately pulled back and reversed. Same thing in Kansas City wheat. We hit that 885 area, pulled back. Um, we're going to chop and grind for a little while here, but ultimately still looking for a test of $9 in Chicago wheat, $10.50 in Kansas City wheat. Those are the longer term targets um, that I think ultimately will hit. Um, but just, you know, if, if you were able to do some light marketing there, that's that's great. Otherwise, you still hold out for the larger, uh, bigger targets uh, that we may hit over the next several months. Uh, cotton did have a very good week. We were up 3.3 cents on the week. Uh, we are at 84.48 right now. Uh, I'm not really interested in doing any marketing at these levels. We're just too close to the insurance price. So I'm waiting again for that test of 90 cents. It's a psychologically a very significant area. And so I want to use a test of 90. For those of you that have a high quality crop, a big yielding crop, I want to get that first 20% sold physically just underneath 90 cents. So somewhere 89, 89.25, 89.50, somewhere in that area. Let's get some orders working uh, and, and get that first 20% of our crop physically sold. Puts are just a tad too expensive. For two cents, we can buy an 80 cent floor. Not really interested in spending that money yet. But if we get to 90 cents, uh, those 80 or even 85 cent puts will be quite a bit cheaper. And at that point, we'll start with an option strategy maybe to extend our coverage. But fundamentally, I think the acres are still overstated. I think the West Texas crop is due for, uh, from a, uh, some extraordinary heat over the next several weeks that will probably continue to push the crop ratings lower. Uh, and then we have the macro picture with the dollar that where I think managed money that's still sitting on a relatively small long position will ultimately come back in and do some more heavy buying uh, there. You know, we'll keep an eye on that development as well. So for now, that's the update. Have yourself a wonderful week. Uh, these are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Talk to you soon.